As little girls and boys, we look up at the glowing angel that gave us life with love and adoration. But for too many, this is not a happy reality. For many, the woman holding us is a true monster. These are their nightmares. Delve deep as we unravel the turbulent bonds between mother and child. You are listening to Monsters and Mothers with your host, Betty Wild. Hi, thank you for listening. This is Betty Wild with Monsters and Mothers. Today's subject is Munchausen by proxy, the dark side of maternal instinct. Motherhood is often seen as the epitome of selflessness and sacrifice, with mothers working tirelessly to ensure the health and happiness of their children. However, for some mothers, the desire for attention and control can override their natural maternal instincts, leading them down a path of deception and abuse. This is the world of Munchausen by proxy, a rare and complex form of child abuse that is both baffling and terrifying. Munchausen by proxy, also known as FDIA, fictitious disorder imposed on another, is a mental illness in which a caregiver usually a mother, fabricates or induces illnesses in a child to gain attention and sympathy for themselves. The symptoms of the child are often real and can range from minor illnesses to life-threatening conditions. But the cause is deliberately fabricated or induced by the caregiver. The origins of Munchausen by proxy are unclear but It is thought to be linked to the deep-seated psychological issues such as narcissism, anxiety, and a need for control. The majority of cases involve mothers, but fathers and other caregivers have also been implicated. The condition is notoriously difficult to diagnose, as the caregiver often goes to great lengths to conceal their actions and manipulate medical professionals. Now, one of the most infamous cases that I covered of Munchausen by proxy is that of Dee Dee Blanchard and her daughter, Gypsy Rose. Now, Dee Dee convinced doctors and her community that Gypsy Rose was suffering from a litany of medical conditions, including leukemia and muscular dystrophy. In reality, Dee Dee was deliberately inducing symptoms in Gypsy Rose and subjecting her to unnecessary medical treatments and surgeries. The abuse continued until Gypsy Rose orchestrated her mother's murder with the help of her boyfriend, leading to a high-profile trial and a renewed public interest in Munchausen by proxy. But Dee Dee Blanchard is not the only mother to have been accused or convicted of Munchausen by proxy. In 1999, British mother Beverly Ollett was sentenced to life in prison for murdering four children and injuring nine others while working as a nurse. Beverly had a history of fabricating illnesses in her own family and was found to be deliberately inducing seizures and other symptoms in her patients. In 2005, Kathy Bush was sentenced to 20 years in prison for repeatedly poisoning her son with salt, leading to his death. 
These cases are extreme examples of the devastating impact of Munchausen by proxy, but there are many other cases that go unreported or unnoticed. It is estimated that between 1,000 to 2,000 cases of Munchausen by proxy are reported each year in the United States alone, but the true number is thought to be much higher. So what can be done to prevent and detect cases of Munchausen by proxy? The key is education and awareness. Medical professionals, social workers, and law enforcement officials must be trained to recognize the signs of Munchausen by proxy and to take the appropriate action. Parents and caregivers must also be educated about the dangers of this disorder and the importance of seeking help if they suspect they or someone they know may be affected. One case, Lacey Spears, which I have covered, and this was one of the most well-known cases of Munchausen by proxy in recent history. In 2015, she was convicted of the murder of her five-year-old son, Garnet Paul Spears, who died in 2014 after being hospitalized for high levels of sodium in his bloodstream. Spears was accused of intentionally poisoning her son with salt through his feeding tube in order to make him sick and gain attention and sympathy from others, mostly to gain Facebook likes. Prosecutors argued that Spears had a history of lying about her son's health and medical history, seeking out unnecessary medical procedures and attention, and even attempting to manipulate hospital staff into believing that she was a devoted and caring mother. During the trial, evidence was presented showing that Spears had researched the effects of sodium on the human body and had purchased large amounts of salt through her Amazon account. Witnesses also testified that Spears had told them different stories about her son's health and even claimed that he was dying of cancer. In the end, Spears was convicted of second-degree murder and sentenced to 20 years to life in prison. The case garnered national attention and brought renewed focus to this issue of Munchausen by proxy and the dangers of parents who seek attention and sympathy by making their children sick. Now, the case of Lacey Spears is just one of the many examples of Munchausen by proxy throughout history. There are other notable cases that include Kathy Bush, who was convicted of killing her six-year-old son by poisoning him with antifreeze, the Dee Dee Blanchard, which we just discussed, who was murdered by her daughter, Gypsy Rose, after years of forcing Gypsy to pretend she was sick and disabled for financial gain. Now, I'm not sure if you remembered the Susan Schofield case, which I also covered is another mother who was accused of Munchausen by proxy. She was this British mother of two that was convicted in 2007 of causing or allowing the death of her three-year-old daughter, Lauren Wright, who had a rare genetic disorder. Lauren had a condition called neurofibromatosis, which caused tumors to grow on her body. Now, Schofield was accused of exaggerating her daughter's symptoms and subjecting her to unnecessary medical procedures, including repeated surgeries to remove the tumors. She did all this, by the way, on YouTube channel. 
The prosecution argued that Schofield had been seeking attention and sympathy by making her daughter sick, and her actions had ultimately led to Lauren's death. Now, during the trial, the witnesses testified that Schofield had made false claims about the death, about Lauren's health, I mean, and even given her daughter medications that were not prescribed to her. Schofield was found guilty of causing or allowing the death of her daughter and was sentenced to life in prison. The case received significant media attention and raised awareness of this issue. She was well known and had a huge following on YouTube. And I honestly think she did this for the YouTube likes. Now, for any of you that watched the YouTube channel, it was a sensation. She had so many supporters and followers that I believe that she just got addicted to the attention and just started creating conditions so that people can tune in and feel sorry for the little girl and in turn make her look like this loving and supporting mother that she was not. And I honestly believe that this is the reason why Munchausen has escalated over the years. The case of Susan Schofield is just another example of Munchausen by proxy through history. Here is another, or a couple of other notable cases, and that was the Mary Beth Tinning, who was convicted of killing several of her own children over the course of several years, Kathleen Falbig, an Australian mother who was convicted of murdering her four children. Now, what um, here in Washington, which is my neck of the woods, a Washington state mother, 31-year-old Sophie Hartmint, is facing charges of assault and attempted assault against her adopted six-year-old daughter. Accused of subjecting the child to medically unnecessary surgical interventions and restraints. The charges stem from at least 474 medical appointments and numerous surgical procedures, including the placement of feeding tubes and leg braces allegedly due to a diagnosis of alternating hepiplegia of childhood, AHH, sorry, AHC. The child's care team at Seattle Children's Hospital conducted a 16-day medical observation of the child, which included genetic testing that did not identify a variant in the gene associated with AHC. According to the court documents, while Hartman's attorneys argue that the child's AHC diagnosis was made by more than one expert doctor and, was, and is legitimate, police and several medical professionals conducted months of investigations leading to the charges. Hartman's case has garnered attention due to her self-generated publicity and fundraising efforts, including a GoFundMe campaign and church fundraiser and several grants from the Make-A-Wish Foundation, which granted the child's wish for a horse ranch vacation. The Make-A-Wish Foundation did respond back and were deeply apologetic for having fallen for this scam. Onward, we move on to, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with this show, The Extreme Makeover Family. It was based in Oregon, where the medical child abuse case, this was in 2008, a family from Oregon appeared on this a family from Oregon appeared on the reality TV show Extreme Makeover Home Edition and received a brand new home complete with a recording studio for their aspiring musician son. 
However, behind the scenes, there was a disturbing case of alleged medical child abuse involving the family's daughter, the nine-year-old Terry Serda. According to the court documents, Terry had a history of various medical conditions, including asthma, allergies, and ADHD. However, her mother, Christina Serta, reportedly convinced the doctors that Terry had cancer and was undergoing chemotherapy treatments at the time of the show's filming. The family had been seeking, allegedly seeking, medical attention for Terry's supposed cancer for years, including multiple surgeries, chemotherapy treatments, and hospital stays. However, the doctors who reviewed Terry's medical records after the show aired found no evidence of cancer or any other life-threatening illness. In 2011, Christina Serta was indicted on charges of first-degree criminal mistreatment and recklessly endangering another person. She pleaded guilty to criminal mistreatment and was sentenced to nearly four years in prison. Terry and her siblings were placed in foster care. The case received widespread media attention and raised questions about the ethics of reality TV shows, as well as the issue of medical child abuse, also known as we're talking about. The case received widespread media attention and raised questions about the ethics of TV shows. Yes, it did bring more awareness to this child abuse, Munchausen by proxy, Next is Kathleen Renee Turner. Olivia Grant was a seven-year-old girl from Colorado who suffered from a number of health problems and had multiple surgeries throughout her short life. In 2019, her mother... In 2019, Olivia's mother, Kelly Renee Turner, was charged with murder in connection with Olivia's death. According to prosecutors... Turner fabricated the Olivia, Turner fabricated Olivia's illnesses and subjected her to unnecessary treatments as well that resulted in her death in 2017. Turner allegedly claimed that Olivia had a rare terminal illness and she raised thousands of dollars in donations for her daughter's care. But medical professionals were unable to find evidence of this supposed illness. Turner was also accused of stealing more than $500,000 in charitable donations made to Olivia's care and using the money for personal expenses. Well, she was charged for 13 counts, including first-degree murder, child abuse, theft, and charitable fraud. Her actions affected not just the children, but the donors who poured out their hard-earned money and their love and support to save a child, all to find out that it was a fraud. And what this does to people is it makes them less likely to help those in need who really do need help. And now you're worried that it's a fraud. It's, it's, it's fake. And you're less likely to help those in need because of people like this. Lisa Hayden Johnson, 
Her treatment of her son is particularly disturbing because of how public she made her son's medical ordeals. She claimed he suffered from illnesses that included diabetes, food allergies, cerebral palsy, cystic fibrosis, and an intolerance to sunlight. And she subjected him to over 325 medical procedures. Some were done in home. She would make this public just so that she can gain access to high profile just so that she can gain access to high-profile events like the X-Factor tapings and meeting the former Prime Minister, Tony Blair. She's currently in jail for her crimes. Then we have Blanca Montano. She was sentenced to 13 years in prison in 2013 for her cruel and unusual role in the death of her infant daughter. Blanca Her case of Munchausen is particularly tough to read. Her daughter was found to be suffering from nine different and apparently aggravated infections after being admitted to the hospital for flu-like symptoms in February of 2011. It was later found out that she had been infecting her daughter with fecal matter and various other bacteria while her daughter was in the hospital. Then there was Leslie Wilfred. Wilfred's case is puzzling because it involves her faking a pregnancy with twins and their so-called deaths. In 2008, Wilfred called her family from the hospital to tell her family that her twins were stillborn at five months. Wilfred even purported to her family that each child had taken one breath before they passed away. Following the family's funeral for the twins, where Wilfred had specified that she had them cremated and buried in teddy bear-shaped urns. And then it was revealed that the twins never even existed at all. Leslie Wilfred was not capable of getting pregnant, and she had had her tubes tied prior to her marriage to her current and second husband, Chris, The ultrasound photos were of some other woman's child lifted from an unknown website and the urns were filled with nothing but air. It was later revealed that Wilford had not only faked a pregnancy, but had also been making her other children incredibly sick over the years. She pled guilty to several counts of child cruelty and is serving an eight-year sentence with 30 years probation. Next, we have Hope Yabara. I really hate when these women have these innocent, loving names. Yabara's story is one which combines both forms of Munchausen, just like Wilfred's we just spoke about. For years, she claimed that she was sick with leukemia. She even went so far as to shave her head and her eyebrows to appear more sickly. This is more of a Munchausen because it's talking about her, but she does even extend it out to her children, which would then add the by proxy. She would update her personal blog constantly with news of her condition, even going so far as to discuss what colors that she had picked out for her own casket. I can't even begin 
to imagine going on a public forum to pick out your casket for followers and likes. It's just daunting. Now, sadly, Yvara's young daughter was also suffering from an unknown illness, which was later proved to be tied to her mother's munchausing. Now, Yvara was never sick, and neither was the youngest daughter, until Yvara poisoned her with stolen pathogens that sent the child into an anaphylactic shock. The mother finally did admit to using nasal spray to alter the results of a sweat test for cystic fibrosis and draining her daughter's blood little by little with a syringe. Now on this list was Mary Beth Tinning. Tinning's story spans from 1967 all the way up to 1985, and this involved the births of her nine children who were all suspected of having been murdered at the hands of their mother often shortly after their births even. It is thought that only one child, Jennifer, died of natural causes at eight days old. Now on this list is Mary Beth Tinning, who this actually, this story spans from 1967 to 1985 and involves the births of her nine children who were all suspected of having been murdered at the hands of their mother. And this was only shortly right after their births. It is thought that the only one that actually survived was Jennifer and she died of natural causes and she actually died eight days later. Her siblings, however, would not live past the age of four. Tinning would frequently bring her infant children to the emergency room, one after the other, where they were treated for symptoms like seizures and cardiac arrest. Now in her hometown, locals apparently whispered the family had a death gene. And by the time Tinning's fifth child died, doctors believed it was simply a rampant string of SIDS-related deaths. Tinning was only convicted in the death of her youngest child, Tammy Lynn. She was charged with second-degree murder and sentenced to 20 years to life in prison, where she is now. There was the woman in Nevada named Victoria Morrison that claimed her 10-year-old son had died from a terminal illness. She spent months on this ruse, including a fake memorial service. Things that were given to her included money for the GoFundMe, shopping sprees, gift cards, and money for the little boy, and even a helicopter ride. More disturbing than milking people's goodwill is that Morrison's actually told her son he was dying. She was charged with child abuse along with obtaining money under false pretenses. Imagine telling your child that they are dying. It's such a shame. Now this is the case of Heather Faria, who this was Munchausen, but she was an educational teacher, specifically a special educational teacher, and she accepted over $35,000 in donations for her cancer treatment and then went on shopping sprees and spent all the money on jewelry and vacations. She was sentenced to two years in prison for fraud. Rachel Kinsella. 
poisoned her nine-year-old son for nearly a year in 2014 to 2015, where the Children's Hospital had figured out that the boy's symptoms were all caused by medication he should not have been given. And it turned out that Rachel was having her son treated at two different hospitals and having them both give him different prescriptions. She was charged with endangering the welfare of a child, and she maintained her innocence, stating that she may have given her son the wrong medication on occasion. So she never actually fessed up to that. Now, the first person prosecuted for Munchausen by proxy was Priscilla Phillips in 1981. She was convicted of killing one of her two adopted children by poisoning their food. From all appearances, she was this caring and devoted mother to all of her children until their adopted daughter, Tia, started getting sick. A lot. At first, it was normal. Things like ear infections that wouldn't go away and a diaper rash. But then it was mysterious fevers, vomiting and dehydration and high amounts of sodium in her blood. Tia died of sodium poisoning in 1977. Now, Julie Gregory was the victim of Munchausen by proxy. She was starved, forced to work until she had headaches and heart palpitations, and then was taken to the doctor for heart troubles that she didn't have. Her mother even went so far as to attempt to have a heart catheterization when she was 13 years old. Julie sat up on the bed and yelled, my mom is making this up. She wrote a book on this. And it was called Sickened, a Memoir of a Lost Child. A woman named Elizabeth Honeycutt had two sons, both of which were diagnosed with failure to thrive. The youngest son eventually had a feeding tube installed and a hole drilled in his skull and a monitor put on his brain. She was telling her husband, who was deployed, that the child was born with brain damage, and the doctors feared that he might have cerebral palsy. Honeycutt's mother-in-law saw Honeycutt slipping a blue pill into the youngest son's food, and the whole story started to unravel from there. As of 2015, Elizabeth Honeycutt terminated her parental rights to her sons, who now live with their father. And finally, Kathy Bush. Jennifer Bush was taken from her family and placed in the care of the state when it was believed that her mother was intentionally making her sick as a result of Munchausen. Now, in 1995, it was alleged that Kathy was giving her daughter extra doses of medicine in order and possibly intentionally infecting her in order to take her to the emergency room to be treated. By the time Jennifer was eight, she had spent over 640 days in the hospital, undergoing 40 medical procedures and 1,819, including having organs needlessly removed. Kathy was also giving her drugs to keep her sick and creating infections in her feeding tubes. Now, for the torture of her daughter between the ages of two and nine, Kathy spent a mere three years in prison. Now that is criminal. Thank you for listening to Monsters and Mothers. I am your host, Betty Wild. Thank you for listening to Monsters and Mothers. 
Subscribe to hear more chilling accounts of mothers who commit unspeakable horrors. 